0: you always hear the stupid saying look good feel good play good then do you adhere to that i mean like is it going to bother some guys to the point where like it might affect somebody's performance or is that stupid that i said it
1: i mean i look like an absolute homeless person a lot of times when i'm playing you've seen pictures of me without my shirt on and the beard i got going like that ain't looking good and i promise you i ain't feeling good but i'm gonna try and find my best way to play good
0: Welcome to episode number 225 of the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media. And oh, this guy, he's back home. I know he want to ring with the Texas Rangers. I just call that like dating on the side. Now he is back where he belongs with my beloved Cleveland Guardians. None other than world champion Austin Hedges. How's that sound? Oh, that sounds great. You can say it again if you want. World champion. Champion, Austin Hedge. Oh, it's got a great ring to it. Yeah, it sure does. Joining us from spring training, and we certainly appreciate it. Uh, first of all, why you got? Do you have a new little fresh cut going on? What do we got here? got kind of a haircut.
1: Yeah, huh? trying right. to trying to do my best. Uh, have you ever seen uh, Grey's Anatomy? Yeah, I don't
0: watch it religiously, but yes, I have seen it. I mean,
1: I guess you, I could just say that Patrick Dempsey. I'm trying to. Yes, uh, Dempsey. He's that guy's he's got it he's got it going and that's yeah trying to do my best impersonation
0: he's like 20 some years older than you he's he's a, uh, he's, he's older still than got me, it, I think. He, he was just in uh the new ferrari movie and he was still looking good okay good yeah you know what you're gonna age well i can see this already like even what? for a catch there you go look at this you it's almost like you're, you're the spitting image of him except with a mustache <laughs>
1: Am I su- I can I can't see. Am I supposed to be able to go to Yeah, here you hear
0: scroll through together? Let's uh, scroll through. Scroll. Scroll. And you should be able to see him. Do you see Patrick nope. Dempsey? Nothing? Keep scrolling. Oh, there we go. Got Oh yeah. my god, look at that. In the scrubs? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. You would be you would be actually you would be a great extra on Grey's Anatomy probably like uh, like um you could be like the nurse that comes in and ch- changes the IVs and stuff.
1: I got to be a nurse now? Like, frick, like, hey. like like oh, Ben Stiller in, uh, in Meet the Parents. That <laughs> doesn't go well.
0: Yes, it does. Absolutely. Come on. Don't do this whole gender thing. Stop with that right now. Because you know what? Nurse. How many times have you had surgery? One. Okay. I've got you beat. Three. I had a hernia when I was six. And I've had two back surgeries. And the nurses are awesome. They totally. They are. Me. The
1: nurses are amazing. First responders.
0: I'm all about them. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So uh, truth be told, we are taping this on Valentine's Day. Love all my Rose Rotation people. You said we have to get this done by a certain time because I have date night. So I want to know where are you and Luke Maley going tonight?
1: Mm. Believe it or not, Luke Maley FaceTimed me yesterday and I had about an hour and a half conversation with him. Just that's my guy. I love him. Yeah. I mean, I wish I was going out with him tonight. That would be he'd be a heck of a date.
0: Do you guys, since you guys basically share a facility there in Goodyear, Arizona, are you guys going to be able to just hang out and meet in the middle since the Reds and Guardians aren't just right there?
1: That's the plan. I was like, hey, you can come have like slumber parties at my place, and then we can like drive to the field together. I'll drop you off at work, and then I'll go to work.
0: That's adorable. Uh, But all kidding aside, it is nice to have you back with with the Guardians. We have talked about this. You signed with Pittsburgh last year, and then you got traded to Texas, and you said, hey – who knows, because you still had that, you know, that affection for the Guardians and you had such a good, you know, run there, even though it was shorter than your time with San Diego. And you said, hey, maybe it'll work out somewhere down the road. The fact that it did work out, that's got to make your baseball heart kind of full. Oh, I mean, it's uh, the second it happened. I mean, the second I got, uh, you know,
1: my first phone call from uh, Chris Antonetti in the offseason, I was just like, you know what? Like, I'm glad you guys are interested because if I'm going anywhere, like, you know, it's, it's home to me now. It's like, it feels like home. The, the people have embraced me so much, not just the organization, the city. It's just like, I can't wait to go back. Um, I mean, the first couple of days of of being in Goodyear so far has just been a love fest, giving everybody hugs and telling everybody how much you miss them. And there's just this, there's, there's, there's a, there's a really good feeling. Uh, I got a really good feeling right now. And, uh, a lot has to do
0: with, uh, you know, this opportunity to be back in, in Cleveland. It is different, though, for you. You go in knowing that this is Bo Naylor's team. I mean, they want him to be the guy. Uh, whereas when you left, you, were, you know, he came up, what, the last 10 days of the season when you were there finishing things, up, finishing things up in 2022. And they didn't know if he was the guy. Well, last year, they brought him up, uh, I think, a little bit more than midseason. And he showed certainly the last six to eight weeks that he can hit. There is no question about it. But you are there. Steven Vogt, the new manager, who of course was a major league catcher for a decade, is there. Sandy Alomar Jr., who might be the greatest catcher in franchise history, is there. And you guys are all there to help mold him into what hopefully will become an all-star catcher. Correct? That's exactly right.
1: And I couldn't be more excited to do that. He's uh, the the whole Naylor family is very very close to me, and they're just an outstanding group of people. Um, and you know, I've I've known Josh for a long time. Um, and I never, I didn't really get a chance to get to know Bo that much. Now that I've gotten a chance to get to know him a little bit, it just, he's going to make my job so easy. Cause he's just, he's a sponge right now. He's soaking up all this information And in. you know, it's your first year or two in the big leagues of starting. That's, it's a big role. There's a lot on your shoulders and it, you're not supposed to know all the answers. You're not supposed to just show up in the big leagues and be like, yep, I can just handle a staff handle, the, uh, call them a game. I can work on my hitting. I can stay fit. I can eat. Right. I can do all these things. Like the reality is like, that's something you have to learn usually by failing at it or sucking at it for long enough where you're like, I got to, you know, fix something or uh, learn more about this or this. And, you know, my job and Sandy's job and voters job is, is to speed that process up. So that, you know, uh, ideally I'm thinking like, like early in this season, this kid is going to be capable and ready to lead, Uh, a whole team, not just a pitching staff, because whether you like it or not, as the catcher, everyone's looking at you, you know, every single pitch they're looking at you, your body language, how you're going about things, how you're talking to people. Uh, And, you know, I've, I've learned through, through a lot of failure and some success that, you know, uh, how seriously you take that goes a long way. Um, And, um, and I think Bo's the perfect guy to be able to do that. And I, I can't wait to
0: just help out. catcher is the closest position we have in, in this sport to a quarterback. Um, How do you know when you're giving him too much? Ideally that's on
1: me now. So like, you know, you want to be a mentor. There's a right, there's, there's a right and wrong way to be a mentor. Like you can't just overload guys. And, and also like, I don't want to necessarily try and help him be me, like do things the way I do it. I want him to find his own way with, certain wisdoms that other guys have already gone through. That's the best thing that happened to me was I've learned so much from so many players. The list is too long to even say, but I took each bit of what I've learned from them and formulate into what my own belief is in how to identify myself as a, as a ball player on a daily basis. And if it's not yours, you know, it, it's just not going to work out that well. So ideally if I'm doing my job, right, I'm helping him make, make it his, his own way.
0: Okay, so pull back the curtain for just a second, for our followers and our listeners that want to know, give me one or two most important things about being a catcher.
1: Uh, most important things: being able to be vulnerable. It's really, really hard. There's you're the you're really the only guy making decisions uh, not only on a daily basis but on a on an inning by inning basis. You're really the only one. Like you know, like other decisions that have to be made, pinch hit. Bringing a guy out of the bullpen. Otherwise, like there's not a whole lot of like real decisions being made. The catcher, each pitch he calls, you know, it, it, it gets amplified in the playoffs. So it kind of reminds you how important each individual pitch is. And so I got to go make a decision, not just for the team to try and help them win, but for my brother out there on the mound, who I want to see him make a hundred million dollars. So I got to make sure he's getting zeros. He's getting strikeouts because otherwise, you know, not only may he not make millions of dollars, he might get optioned to triple And like, that's somebody I care about. So I have to make decisions that I feel confident in that aren't for myself. And when I make the wrong one, I have to be able to go say that it was my fault. And the best catchers, I think, even if it wasn't their fault, are still saying it's their fault. That's like, that's accountability. That's vulnerability. And I think the best guys, especially catchers, they do that because then all the brunt, all the, all all the, all the bullshit that's happening, everybody forgets about it because they're like, my guy's got it. My guy's got it. I can go focus on I can go focus on baseball, you know what I mean?
0: Who that's a great explanation. What pitcher is it that maybe got after you a little bit like why did we do this? Why and then afterward was like, "Dude, I'm so sorry about that." There had to have been somebody out there. I mean, it
1: it, ha- it, it happens. It used to happen earlier in my career. I've been lucky enough now where um it usually doesn't get to that that point. Like I take so much pride in communicating what's going to what my even options are for the game that like, I like I should never be calling a pitch in a situation where my pitcher's surprised by it because I should have already talked to him about it. And he should have talked to me about Mm. how confident he is in that, where I know him so well, because you're not really calling the game as much to the hitter as much as to what your pitcher has, because you need him to throw his best pitches and go down with his best stuff. So like, if I don't know that, and he doesn't know that, then I already I already blew it. So like ideally it's not really getting to, hey, you were right and I was wrong. It's the, it's a, it's a it's a mesh. Like I got we both gotta do it. Got it.
0: How's my guy Voter
1: doing? He's awesome. He's uh w- whatever he's doing is is already like set the tone because the last couple of days, just going into the clubhouse, there's this fiery energy that like the boys are fired up. The boys are hungry. And uh and you know that's You can't, you can't have assumed that was going to be the case when you lose a Hall of Fame manager, you know, there's a chance you lose a Hall of Fame manager and guys are like, what the hell, what's going on? Like, we don't have Tito anymore. But what I'm seeing from the guys right now is like, is energy and is, is uh, like, they're excited and voters all about that. And uh, so far it's been going real well. I mean, we had physicals today, so we're talking about one real day, but uh, he's, uh, he's, he's been outstanding and I'm looking forward to working with him.
0: All right, more of the rose rotation coming your way. But first, let's talk about something important. Your hair. Mine's crappy right now. It's why I'm wearing a lid. But I want to make sure that I'm always looking fine, right? Michelle, she always looks at me with a little twinkle in her eye when, like, the payload looks good. That's why it's so important to play it safe with your do up there. Do that do. But did you know that most cosmetology schools, they hardly spend any time on men's hair, right? It's so always the women are always the ones who are going to be spending that big dough. And so they're the ones that get the love. No, no, guys, we deserve it as well. So that's where Supercuts comes in and lends a helping hand. They have an ongoing training program to make sure their stylists know how to deliver the perfect fade or whatever the latest trends are. And Supercuts is proof that reps matter. What does that mean? They delivered more than 23 million haircuts in 2023 alone. The average review... On a scale of one to five stars, 4.88. That is nearly a perfect game in the haircut department. So head on over to supercuts.com today or walk right in for a real smart haircut. That's right. For real smart hair experience, walk into Supercuts today. Or you can visit supercuts.com to find the nearest salon near you. So are physicals like, uh, like when I go to the doctor every year and they make me turn my head and cough and stuff like yeah. that. And really, oh,
1: yeah, oh. I didn't have to do it this year though. That part. Well, oh, you didn't. Yeah. I used to have a doctor in San Diego. It was like, there's like four different rooms, right? Four different doctors. And it's random. You don't know whoever's you're up next. It was like four years in a row. Same guy, same guy every time. And it was like, Hey, good to How see you, you again. <laughs> hey doc. <laughs> He did. He
0: okay, so did you pass?
1: I passed. Yeah, I passed that that version of the test. Yeah. Okay,
0: that's nice. That's nice. Let's um, I I texted you last weekend, uh, and I saw you out there in Arizona, and you went to the Wasted Management Open. Sure did. Are you, are you still detoxing? Are you okay?
1: No, we had, we had a we had a great time uh the all the boys went nail nails josh got us uh got us a nice cabana so it was like i don't know there's 10 of the guys there uh it was private so we we're actually kind of away from the chaos there was like a section that was pretty chaotic so we kind of wander around there for a little bit but i don't know it's uh it was a lot it was also kind of rainy so it was like muddy everywhere It was tough to walk around uh, so i just like kind of just posted up and watched people fall yeah there we go
0: just we'll just mean- watch that Listen, I've been there. I covered a Super Bowl out there. I think it was Super Bowl 42 between the Giants and the Patriots. And our best damn sports show period setup was at the Bird's Nest, which is the kind of the get-together hangout. It is the party of all parties out there. But it has gotten to it. Look at this guy. come on, man. I mean, how do your buddies let you get like this? Where are his buddies? (laughs) Not Backward. (laughs) Because that's the that's direction the he's going. It man. was, I mean, they had to, they started like not letting people in. There was like oh. over
1: 500,000 people I heard.
0: Look at this guy. He's pissing in his chair. Come on, man. I mean, they're adults. I they like, have old... the videos of what I was doing. Really? I'm just I'm just no, kidding. it wasn't that bad for you. That was great. I had a great time. You weren't pissing in a chair. <laughs> no. You haven't, you haven't done that since you. Not were... at that point in the afternoon. <laughs> Cleaned it up. I mean, it, I imagine the people watching at that point is just insane, isn't it? It is. I mean, it's,
1: it's, it really is. I didn't realize you could fit that many people in on like a couple holes. Like, it's not like everyone's on one, two, three, and four. It's like 16, 17, 18. There's a million people.
0: <laughs> Hilarious. Um, where'd you watch the Super Bowl? Well, the Super Bowl was after the waste management. So I was
1: just at home. Recovering, getting ready to for spring training. Which is nice. nice though. I got to I got to actually watch. I wasn't distracted. I hate when I go to I like to watch the game. I hate when I go to places and people want to, you know, screw around and stuff. I'm like, I, I really just want to watch this game.
0: Oh yeah. Okay. I forgot. You're in the big you're in the big boy fantasy league. That's right. And so it was the worst Christmas of my life.
1: Uh so crit, so as you know, right? Crit championship. Championship week was Christmas, so Christmas night. Um, we are down 16 points, and we have Brock Purdy and, oh! no, and he's Jake
0: got Brock nobody. Purdy?
1: That was the Brock Purdy
0: game. Oh, he got picked off four times by the Ravens. Four times. And then gets hurt, and Sam
1: Darnold throws the touchdown. That would have put us into the semifinals uh, and would have won us some money. A uh, good amount of money for even the second place, but we ended up not even going to the championship, and then losing the third place game and coming out with no
0: winnings. You and Bieber, right? Me and Biebs. and who he you was lose a king to? too. He
1: uh, shout out to Shane because through the playoff run, I was not as locked in as I'd like to be, and this guy was wheeling and dealing. He turned. We, I mean, we had Nick Chubb get hurt week one. J.K. Dobbins, our whole team was kind of hurt, and he found a way to. You know, give us a chance to have our heart broken.
0: You know those pitchers; they just sit around and they can figure it out in between starts. Exactly. Particularly when he was banged up, he had all of, you know all of early September to work on it, and he made a couple right. starts at the end.
1: Right? pitching's great. so easy; it's a big ass home plate. You throw the ball over, round ball, round bat. I mean, I went one, two, three against Cleveland. Like my whip against them's a zero. I'm just saying.
0: Great point. Great point. Um, who'd you lose to? We lost to
1: uh jock jock peterson oh I've now now i now you know what i have to do <laughs> around <a>
0: bit. <laughs> Maybe. Who, who won the whole thing
1: um marisnyk i believe i think jake Marisnik won wow i i honestly like i i was so upset I, I i might be wrong about all of this like the second we lost i just like i've never been so sad in my whole life so i just kind of let it go
0: yeah, because you're going into that Monday night game with Purdy, and he's got nobody, and you're thinking, myself, oh, my gosh, this is a layup. You know, he doesn't have to throw four touchdowns, but as long as he doesn't throw four interceptions.
1: Oh, that was it. Just don't do that. He did. He did. Ruined it. I'm only allowed one championship per year, apparently.
0: Uh, yeah. You'll take that one. I'll take it. I'll take okay. It, so we. I don't think we have – spoken since you have become I mean we've texted and stuff but I don't think we've had you on the show since you became a champ I don't Um, think so I think you would have probably
1: given me that nice intro that you gave
0: me earlier yeah I think I would have done that I would have done that the emotions when the final out takes place and you have now reached the pinnacle of what you have wanted to do your entire career did you black out or do you still remember it
1: I remember it but it like it's it happened real slow it happened like it was like quiet it was like it was pretty surreal it was like like i'm running out don't even know what i'm gonna do like no one does like are we gonna tackle are we gonna at this point who cares what we're gonna do and so actually i'm trying to run for jonah and jonah you can kind of see he turns around real quick because he got the ball and then he dropped the ball so he like tried to get the ball and like put it in his pocket And so he's running out to go celebrate with Sporzy. And I'm trying to run and like meet him here and like grab Jonah. And then Jonah like turns around and he's like running back. I'm like, where are you going? He's like, I got to get the baseball. Hits are getting the baseball. And then, I don't know, then just pure joy, man. Pure joy. It doesn't, there's, there's, there's nothing better. It's hard. It's, it's, it's hard to talk about because it's like, there's nothing better, but I don't know how to put that into
0: words. Wow. Okay. We stumped you. Um, it looked like you guys had a great parade through the streets of Arlington afterward for a guy who hadn't been there that long. What was that like?
1: It was unbelievable. I mean, they, the fans embraced me super. Like it, it, it was, it was amazing. I got to, I was in the, on that truck with, with, with my mom and my dad, and they're just the happiest people in the world. So just being able to share with them, um, it, it, it's it's, a, it's another moment that you like, you, you don't, you don't think's ever going to happen. You can't picture it. Like, I remember driving up to the parade being like, I can't like, what is this? What do you even do? Like, what, what is this even going to be like? And it's just hundreds of thousands of people throwing you beers, mm-hmm. like just ha- having like everyone just so happy. Just you, it's tough to be around that many people all happy about the same thing at the same time. So it's pretty
0: cool. Um, I imagine that it was actually probably pretty emotional for you. Like, Listen, I'm a I'm a dad of two. I was a kid that played baseball. I wasn't very good at it, so I didn't have travel teams and stuff, but I know what sort of sacrifice it takes to it's a whole family that in and a bunch of other people, other coaches and teachers and everything else. I can only imagine what's running through your brain while all this is happening, and that it had to be an emotional moment for you.
1: It was it was the most, but I had I had everybody I needed there to support me and, you know, that like as much as you love celebrating with your, with your teammates and your boys, cause we did plenty of that. Like when it's all said and done, you get to go back on the field and, and hug your parents, hug your friends, like all those people, like they were there the whole time coming to all the games. Um, and like, and they, they knew like that they were being, they were a part of something that, you know, most people don't get to even experience. Um, and, and I think just sharing all of that was, it was, it was, it was profound. And, um, I mean, just like I, now, all, I just want to do it again. now Like, I'm like, I'm like that. If you can do that, like I want to do it again one way or
0: another. Did you, uh, did you get like a text from somebody that maybe you hadn't heard from in a while or somebody along the baseball journey, reach out to you and were like, oh, that was <sighs> awesome to hear from
1: them. Yeah. I mean, I changed my phone number a couple of years ago, so oh, it, okay. it definitely wiped out maybe some of those, but, I got text from everybody that, that, that I needed to get text from. Um, and just knowing that is, as it's once again, man, it's, it's hard, it's hard to put into words. It was like, it's, you're so happy. Cause it was just like, it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a dream come true that you, you truly didn't believe would come true. Like it's not, it's a fairy tale. It's like, yeah, like some people get to win world series, but like, those are the fictional characters. Like, you know, you can try, but like, you're not actually going to win one. And yeah, I mean, like, the moments leading up to it, like, when we kind of knew, like, scored, like, five runs in the in the top of the ninth or something, and we're, like, looking at each other, we're like, we're going to win the World Series? Like, <laughs> are we allowed to say that right now? And then, like, watching
0: it happen was... It's magical. Do you have any idea what the rings are going to look like?
1: No. No, I haven't even... I haven't talked to anybody. I haven't heard. But I don't even want to know. I want to be surprised and... uh I'm looking forward to. I think mid-May we go to Texas, and I assume mm-hmm. maybe that'll be that'll be the time I get to put my hands on it.
0: Yeah, is there a little bit? I mean, I know you're happy in Cleveland. There's no question about it. Is there a little bit of you where you're like, ah, I wish I could run out with everybody else, and when they announce everybody's name, and here comes Austin Hedges, and you get your ovation, and you get to look to your left and show the ring off. Is there a little bit of that where you're like, ah, that
1: would have. I mean, eight. of course, that was. I mean, those are not, those are
0: my brothers for life now.
1: I mean, we'll be champs together forever. So every single guy on that team means the world to me and always will. So, you know, there will always be a place in my heart in Texas and whether I play there again or not, um, you know, obviously I would like it's, uh, but whether I play there or not, like they mean the world to me. And yeah, I mean, if I could go run out there and just be with them just to experience that, because it's kind of the finishing touch of such an amazing run. Um, but um, I'm where i I'm where I need to be right now, and I couldn't be any happier.
0: Yes, you are. Yes, you are. I want to get back to the uh, Stephen Vote thing because uh, listen, I've been friends with Stephen for a long time, and and we've had several discussions, even on this show, about him wanting to manage. I mean, we talked about it when he was a player, and I knew he was going to do it. I didn't know he was going to do it. You know, 13 months after his playing career was over, but is that something you think about? Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, you know, the the one of the coolest things that that World Series run did for me was I felt like I really truly fell back in love with the game, and it reminded me that like I'm a lifer. Uh, I've been doing this my whole life, and I plan on going nowhere. So whenever someone taps me on the shoulder and says, you know, your playing career is done, you don't got it anymore, that day I'm gonna do my best to get some type of coaching job, and I'd love to honestly any role in in the coaching department uh, interest me. I, I love the, I love the grind. I love being around the boys in the clubhouse. Um, I like leading. If I can help in any way, just knowing how hard it is to get to the league and last in this league, there's anything I can do to help and then continue to be a part of it. You know, I plan on, uh, if if I'm lucky enough, I'll, I'll I'll try and do what, uh, what guys do that stay in the game for a long time. Like, like Sandy Alomar, he's just the happiest guy in the world. He's going to go coach first base and be the best first base coach in the league. And be a part of baseball every every single game, and impacts young kids' lives all the time. And um, you know, even even if I'm not a manager, like a a coaching career like Sandy would be awesome for me too.
0: Do you want to manage? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, we got to put it on the board, man. I mean, listen, yeah, I, I mean, I'll, I'll
1: tell anybody. It's I, it's it's a long way away. I I I I think I can still play a little bit, so I'm gonna try and. I'm gonna try and do this thing playing playing as long as I can, but right. but yeah, when it's done, if if I get that opportunity, I would love to you know be able to you know help guys win a championship. I just, that's all I want to do.
0: Sounds good to me. You were supposed to wear the uh, the chaps during the parade. No, I got them. I have them. I still have them. No, you don't. I have them. You have the
1: chaps. I have the chaps.
0: What happened?
1: Mama Did- Mama, Mama Hedges was like Austin. No, she gave me that look and I was like, (laughs) Mom said no. That's my trump card, right? people got mad at me. I'm like, mom said no. They're like, okay, that's fair. She's like, she's like, Austin, if you ever want to get a job again, you can't go do this.
0: You know what? I whom I can't, yeah. I can't be upset with that one bit. But maybe I'll run into them when if they come up to the games at Dodger Stadium or out in Anaheim and we see each other yet again because I love meeting them the first time. I will tell her I fully understand. As a father of two, absolutely. Okay. She'll Can't appreciate that. Yeah. Although it would have been great.
1: It would have been great. The problem, well, the problem actually is they're not just assless chaps. They're also frontless chaps. So I don't, hey know-, now. <laughs> so I don't know what I was going to, what am I supposed to do? Like, what's the protocol there? Uh,
0: some sort of banana hammock. But not in the back. You can floss. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I mean,
1: I literally I pulled these these asses chaps out of the bag, and I'm like,
0: "What am I going to do about the front?" Did you at least save the receipt? I could probably turn it into John Boy for an expense.
1: <laughs> no, I I, I kind of have them just in case I need them at some point. I, I, There's going to be a time and place. There's like. Hey, dude, do you have any houses, chaps? I'm like, yes, I do, actually.
0: Well, let's let's uh, let's make the agreement today here in spring training. If you help the Guardians win Cleveland's first baseball crown since 1948, do you think Mom will sign off on the chaps for the parade?
1: Um, uh, if we can figure out the front situation, I will. I'll, I'll bring them out. I'll
0: actually bring them out. You can hold me to that. Talk about other uniforms there's been a lot of talk so far about these new Nike fanatics. First of all, have you seen them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you worn it? I haven't worn it yet. Kind of basic. Hey. And what's, basic. what's the word?
1: I mean, the, the only, the only thing that's frustrating is we've had uh back with majestic. We had custom uniforms, custom fitting uniforms. Now it's, Whatever, like just normal sizes, so your pants are your pants, your shirt's your shirt, like jersey your jersey. So you know, the days of being able to go slimmer, baggier, shorter are are over, otherwise, yeah you know they, the pictures everyone's posting are look absolutely awful, but I don't know. do they I look just-
0: that bad in person? I just don't. I get, I just don't
1: care that much.
0: <laughs> you don't. Okay. But some yeah. guy. But here's the deal. Yeah, some guys do. It's the show. I mean, we should be caring about what these things look like. You want to look the best. You want guys feeling the best. The whole customized thing. But that would make really... too much
1: sense, Rosie. Oh yeah. Sometimes things that make too much sense. It's like no, 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 no. We can't do that. We mm-hmm. have to do something else. That's kind of it's kind of what happens in real in all businesses, but especially sports.
0: Can it affect, can the way that you, right, you always hear the stupid saying, look good, feel good, play good. Then, do you adhere to that? I mean, like, is it going to bother some guys to the point where, like, it might affect somebody's performance, or is that stupid that I said it?
1: I mean, <laughs> I look like an absolute homeless person a lot of times when I'm playing. You've seen pictures of me without my shirt on and the beard I got going, like, that ain't looking good, and I promise you, I ain't feeling good, but I'm gonna try and find my best way to play good.
0: What about guys who really step it up though? What they're I mean, with their out like it's a big deal for them, though. Are you just gonna yeah. tell them, hey guys, dude, move on. Not that big. Just
1: a bit more chains, I guess. I don't know. Flash your batting gloves, cleats, you can still do
0: all that stuff. Okay. All right. Just making sure. Um, so it was interesting when you re-signed in Cleveland. There was a certain part of the fan base who was like, love it. God, we need his energy back. That's such a big deal. And then there are some people who are going to say, well, listen, we need more offense. Why are we going to get a guy who hits the way Hedges hits and all that sort of stuff? And I sit there and I go, God damn, people don't get it. Like they don't understand a guy like Austin Hedges value. Does that bother you that people might not understand everything that you bring to a team?
1: Um, it probably used to, but now I'm lucky enough to have the, uh, the bling to back it up. And Texas brought me over to do exactly what Cleveland has now brought me over to do. And it helped us win a championship, whether I wasn't really playing a whole lot. And, but I know those guys look at me as a valuable asset and the outcome of what happened did everything I needed for myself to prove to myself um, you know, uh, how much value that brings. And honestly, it was a, it was, it was a big, deal, big deal to me because I've always felt that I can bring a certain thing to a team and um, to have it kind of come to fruition was, um, it was just reassuring um, and reminded me that regardless of what people think, the guys in the clubhouse that I'm looking in the eye every single day and the impact that that's having, I can feel that and I know that's happening. So that's really all that matters to me.
0: Okay. So we are here uh, in the middle of February. And there are still a bunch of really good players that have not been signed. I know you're a Boris dude, and it's not fair for you to talk about Bellinger or uh, Chapman or Blake Snell and their individual things. But I I have to be honest with you, and I understand Scott. I, I actually like Scott. I like talking with him, and his job is to do the best job for you guys. It's not to make Chris Rose happy. It's not to make... The national fan base happy, but wouldn't it be better if these guys were in a camp and fans could start to rally around them? Here, is it? Wouldn't that be great for the sport? It would. It would. I don't know all the
1: details, but remember, there's always two sides. You know, yeah. Scott's trying to promote, to present something that he knows what his, what he thinks his clients are worth, which they are. They're probably worth even more than that. Every player is worth more than what they're making and what they're actually bringing into what the the owners are making. So, we're talking about two sides here so yeah Scott wants his clients to make a lot of money but some teams aren't willing to pay that for elite of the elite like every team wants Cody Bellinger and Matt Chapman and Blake Snell like for the most part right like mm-hmm. who wouldn't so you know it's it, it yeah Scott's doing his job but and in, in, you know the teams are doing theirs and you know it's tough to just put blame on on Scott when the teams it'd be nice if they just went out and spent the money that these guys deserve and it would help them win a championship.
0: Yeah, no, I'm not putting blame on Scott because I understand what he's trying to do. Like I get it. If he worked for me, I would love it. I I just don't, you know, I, I want him to take care of myself and my family and our happiness. That, that is his job. And I don't ever begrudge him for doing it, but it's just so weird because the NFL and the NBA free agencies, like in 72 hours, everybody's off the shelf. Like it's the weirdest thing. And in baseball, we could go into March and there are some of the best players that still aren't signed. It is just a strange thing.
1: It is strange. It's strange that it does seem to all this, all this weird stuff seems to always happen in baseball. Um, But that's, that's the game. That's the game we play. And, you know, it's like any sport when you're, when you're finally a free agent, you got to go, you got to go, you got to go for it. You put all that work in and, you're like a lot of those guys, you know, look at like Bellinger. The guy was making big league minimum during his rookie of the year MVP. Like the guy was even getting paid to be the best player on the planet. Mm-hmm. So it's like, Hey, like you he should get rewarded for that. Plus, right. you know, and then now in his platform here, he goes out and kills it. So it's like, there's guys like that, that, you know, uh, you know, obviously there's two sides, but I- I'd like to see guys, you know, the team spend a little bit more money on, on guys like that, because it's not about the money you're spending on them. It's about the wins they're going to bring you. And it'd be nice if it seemed like everything was always about winning, but sadly it is not always about winning. It's about business.
0: Yeah. Do you buy it when these teams are saying, well, we don't know about the local television revenue. I mean, I don't know how closely you've been paying attention to that, but that's a common one. That's a
1: common one. Um, But that's real. Of course it's real. I mean, they need to, that's where they're making all their money, the TV deals, the fans in the seats. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like we're never going to know anything. And, you know, just like how every CBA works. It's not like we get to see their books. We don't, we just don't know. And what we don't know is what they use as leverage.
0: Does that bother you?
1: No, it's real. It's reality. It's life. I'd probably do the same thing if I was them. It's just how, the, how life works. I happen to be a baseball player. So I'm side with the baseball players if I was an owner and I had billions of dollars, I'd be probably trying to keep my billions of dollars and make more billions. That's how the world works. So it's like, do I wish it was that way? No, but is it that way? And will it probably always be that way? Yes.
0: You start the season in Oakland, which what a shit show that has become. Um, what? I mean, you don't have any emotional ties as far as I know to it. I mean, you haven't played up there except as a visitor or anything else. But what do you think it's going to be like that first few days in Oakland, and what could be the last season of Major League Baseball there?
1: In a way, I'm kind of pumped that we're opening there because I feel like it's really the best chance to have some fans, maybe, maybe something. Um, but but otherwise, I don't know. It's a that's a weird one. I mean, just the last few years going to Oakland, it's a it's weird. Is there, there's no one there, um, obviously, and then and anyone there, they're they're chanting about you know, sell the team, all these things. It's, you know, I, I'd be lying to you if I, if I said I wasn't excited for Vegas though, you know, it's like, I think there should be a major sports. Every major sports team should be in Vegas. That's the best. Vegas is the best. You got an indoor stadium there. Come on.
0: Yeah. It just, it's been all over the place. I don't know if you saw the mayor last week say, well, maybe they're best suited. They really want to stay in Oakland. It's just, there's a lot of political posturing going on. It's just crazy. I will tell you this though. It would be very interesting to see what sort of free agents you could get out there in Las Vegas. I mean, why you'd want to live there. It's
1: the, 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 the sports world needs it, whether it's the A's or not, there should be a baseball team in Vegas. There should be every sport in Vegas. There should be a basketball team in Vegas. It's too cool. It's a, it's a, it's a destination and they just do it right there. You can do, Vegas is great you can do anything you can be an adult there or you can be a kid there
0: it was crazy this weekend I can tell you that because there were only you know it's just a little more than 60,000 at the stadium they estimated between four and five hundred thousand additional people just there to party and that city that ain't built for it because you can't get it's not that big and there's not that many cabs and there's not that many Ubers and you know thankfully there are a billion restaurants so that part was taken care of but man the rest of it it was not easy it was you know it'd take you 45 minutes to go a half mile in a cab
1: i'm glad i didn't go then
0: i thought about it no you you, have you ever been to a super bowl never been to a super bowl
1: definitely on the bucket list but it's just like like i don't know do i want to i don't want to spend 10 grand on bad seats
0: (laughs) oh yeah but that's just the beginning of it because every everything everything it costs 15 bucks just to sit in a cab and not that 15 bucks is going to make or break you because Scott Boris has done a nice job for you and you've done a nice <laughs> job for yourself. But I think it's the point, like, God, some of these things, it's insane. I don't know. What else is on the bucket list for you? Anything? That, is there a place that you, you know, you I want to travel been? the
1: world. Yeah, I want to travel the world. Um, I got, I got into, I like uh formula one you watch the show
0: the I netflix haven't, show I it's haven't, amazing i heard it's amazing
1: it's like it's like the kardashians for dudes it's like guy drama mm. it's like it's like these guys racing but then there's drama between the drivers and the and the owners and the car it's great drama so i'd highly recommend it but those they go they go race in the coolest places like monaco like the the big mm-hmm. one in monaco i think that would be an awesome like they're like people are watching on boats and stuff. I think that would be super cool.
0: Speaking of Netflix, so they're doing they're following the Boston Red Sox this year, and oh. our buddy Lucas Giolito. Um, God, you would, you would be amazing on that show, absolutely. Man, maybe the Red Sox can just trade for you, like just to come in and shoot stuff, not to be on the team or anything, but just to.
1: I would. Oh. I, I don't know if I say things that you can say that you can air though. Locker yeah. talks different. I don't know. I. Sometimes I lose my filter and they're just like, we can't air anything you said, Austin. I'm sorry.
0: But you can. That's the beauty of Netflix. Are you kidding me? Now, the question is, how close to Austin Hedges would you be on a Netflix show?
1: (sighs) I don't know. I'd like to think I'd be cool, but I don't know. I'd probably make a fool out of myself somehow.
0: Well, but you'd say shit like you would be more guarded. I think you'd have to be because you can't yeah a clubhouse is a clubhouse, man.
1: It's true there's there's things you you can't, you can't talk about. like
0: it's, it's, it's personal, it's between you. It's not even like they're bad
1: things, but it's for the boys. it's not It's not for the world to see. So that's the only thing with like it's like hard knocks does a great job, but it's still they can only go so far. like It's not like they're in the locker room like listening to guys like talk ball. like it's kind of more behind the scenes, one-on--one interviews. So I feel like in that sense, it would go pretty well. Because it's probably uh, you can't just like have a camera and a mic and have guys sitting around playing cards and like record all that. That's where that's where some battle happened probably.
0: Well, you know the um the most drama I ever saw in a clubhouse was I want to say it was like 1991 maybe in Cincinnati. Rob Dibble and Lou Pinella, the manager of the Reds, Dibble of course the closer, hundred mile an hour closer. Um, they got into a fight and they literally started throwing at each other and one of the local TV stations got it. And that's the, you know, that's the only fight I've ever seen in a clubhouse. I've seen stuff happen in a dugout during a game. Have, have, have you ever been around a fight in the clubhouse?
1: <sighs> little, little, little ones, little ones, not nothing bad, but guys, it, it's a long season. It's a long season. There's a lot of, a lot of times to get annoyed with people and to just snap one day. So little ones, but nothing nothing too bad.
0: Here it is. This is it. Yeah, this is it. And then there's a little there's Bip Roberts who's shirtless right there in the front, and he look he gives the camera a look at the end like, what happened? But there he is. (laughs) There's Bip. Yeah, that's the manager. I'm taking Dibble in that fight. Yeah, I mean Lou Lou, what are you thinking, man? Because Dibbs, I worked with Dibbs. And didn't um, he like throw a baseball into the stands at a fan? So he... He didn't throw it at a fan, but he was upset after a game and he turned from the pitcher's mound and fired it into the outfield. And Dibbs had an amazing arm. It hit a teacher. Oh yeah. And, you know, he felt terribly God. about it and all that sort of stuff. But he also fielded a bunt against the Chicago Cubs and he was pissed off. A guy named Doug DiCenzo, who was kind of a light hitting outfielder, is running Remember? along the first baseline. Dibble turns. And just chucks it into his back or his leg or something. I think they ejected him, but yeah. I think
1: I remember. Yeah, I've seen that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dib- Dibbs had a short fuse. Let's just say. The good old days of baseball, huh? Oh. Oh yeah. Here it is. <laughs> 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 How good the is that? The guy just
1: keeps running though. He's like, oh, okay.
0: How great is that? I mean, Dibble uh, ran yeah. right into the line and then.
1: Oh, He's dude. like, that's right. I'm going to punch the next dude out.
0: <laughs> oh, my. Yeah, and he was throwing like 100 and 101. when, Like, now, guys, do it. Look at yeah. him. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. What'd I do? <laughs> Love it. Oh, my God. It's so good. This is all pre-tattoo Rob Dibble, too. Dibbs, that's uh, right. He didn't get it inked up. He said he got his first one at 29, I believe. And then he said he just couldn't stop. Look at him. They're ejecting him. Got to. oh i love that um we got one other thing for you uh there's a guy his name is on twitter or on x is ta24 cards i believe and what he does is at least with you he found a card of you as a san diego padre and then he tries to find the exact clip it was an action shot where do you remember what happened in this play absolutely i do You did really, uh huh. What do you think happened?
1: Malik Smith had a dribbler in front of me, and I know he's really fast, so I had to like go get him. I had to make a little jump throw because he's fast. I didn't have much of an angle, and yeah, they captured a hell of a shot on that one, didn't they?
0: How do you know that that's that exact play?
1: I've seen, I've seen, I've seen, I've seen the card, I've seen the picture, um, and I I remember the play. I got to eat. I've made you know it's tough to make a web gem as a catcher you know so like I've got like five or six so I remember all of them
0: that was one of them that's pretty good you know what let's uh Robbie let's let's roll this this and, 2020 and Austin give, but... Hedges card shows us what appears to be a diving throw so let's see what happened I'm against the Seattle Mariners we get two instances so let's check out the first one. don't speculate the 1-1 one, one is out in front of the plate out quickly as Hedges it's time to play Austin Hedges laying it out getting it done who said I'm not an athlete, Rosie? Holy smokes! Look at you! I just in can't the, run fast in the air. Delivering a strike.
1: Yeah, hey, that's young, young Austin right there. Yeah, you're it's like a little a, more
0: spry. I the uh, the haircut. I like your hair now better, to be honest. Well, yeah, Patrick Dempsey. Yeah, I think I do. This is the this is this is mature hog look. That's that's young hog. Okay. You also look like maybe you've leaned out a little bit more. That's so sweet of you to say,
1: thank you. I've been trying to, <laughs> uh,
0: why would, 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 Dr. Jellyfinger say today at the physical. <laughs> no, all, uh, no I, I, I passed
1: all that. I was looking real good. I got a couple compliments, which is very nice Been been eating clean. So yeah, I might, I've, I've seen like at least one ab start to form. It's like, uh-huh. it's starting. So uh-huh. we're in a good spot.
0: Okay. Do they give you uh, a weight that you have to hit? No, just just be in shape. Just Honestly, don't be a slob.
1: It, I mean, in all sports, it doesn't matter what you look like, what your body fat is. You play good. You play good. You don't play good. You don't play.
0: But, you know, when you're a uh, when you're a catcher, you can't be I mean, you need to be able to make it through 162 game season. That's
1: it is true. And in, in, in a way, like ha- a little weight does help with that got to have a little weight a little the when i'm when i've been real lean when i was younger it uh it, i felt like I had a little more bumps and bruises there's definitely a fine line of you know not getting too big or too small especially for a catcher you want to have at least just enough weight to be able to to last really
0: and have managers throughout your career been pretty good about telling you when you can go out and have a pop or two the night before like he'll say, yeah, you're catching tomorrow or when you're a catcher, you just yeah. have to be on standby. Yeah, worry.
1: I know. I, I, most, all good managers will let you know when you're catching the day before. Um, but you know, you usually as the season goes on, like any role I've had, I could probably predict it, you know, whether I'm the starter or the backup, like you can kind of tell like when your day is when, when the starter needs a day or when this pitcher's throwing, and you know, you're going to catch him, um, or your fa- this guy, you're facing, you know, you're going to face this guy because he hit good off him. Um, but otherwise, I mean, it's the big leagues. You can go out and have a couple from a time, time to time, and still go out and play a great game. It's not like you got to go be perfectly clean cut, straight edge, and be bored the whole season. You got to
0: have a little fun. But was there ever a day where you were behind home plate and you're like, oh, I regret last night's bad. <laughs> there had to have been one <laughs> Not, time. Not in the big leagues.
1: Not in the big leagues. In the big Miners. Leagues, I feel like in the minors was bad. Minors was bad. Those are my, like, college days. I was like, you know, young kid trying to keep up with guys five years older than me. And you're by yourself. You don't, I mean, I guess I knew better, but I think I didn't really know any better. And yeah, that was double A was my, my year where I had to look myself in the mirror and be like, it was like first half all-star second half. Like, we're not sure why you're on the team. (laughs) It caught up with me out there playing in San Antonio, 110 degrees, hung over. You're like, what are we doing, bro? We got to clean our life up. Wow.
0: And then was that the days of bus rides for you? Oh yeah. The bus rides, oh. that league is
1: brutal. The Texas League, that's long bus trips, hot everywhere no matter what. That was I did a year and a half in that league, and that was not fun.
0: Where where do you have to go? So you were in San Antonio? So in our divisions, Corpus,
1: Corpus Christi, Frisco, and Midland. But so those are all
0: relatively close,
1: right? Corpus is about two and a half, but Midland and Frisco are like six or seven. And then the other side of the division, like Arkansas, Northwest Arkansas, Tulsa, Springfield, those are like 15.
0: You had to take 15-hour bus trips?
1: Yeah, and then play that day. You leave after your night game because you play night games in the minor leagues all the time. So you go night game, get on a bus, drive to Frisco, get in at 5 in the morning, sleep a little bit, go play that game, try to play good. I mean, it's the, the minor leagues is no joke, man. It is no joke. I have respect for every single guy that has done it, is doing it, that wants to do it, because the big leagues is the coolest thing ever. Like, yeah, there's a grind, but it's still the show. Like, you know, like like the travel, come on, the travel's the best part in the big leagues. And in the minor leagues, the travel's the worst part. So, you know, you definitely gotta pay your dues. It's different than other sports in that sense. Not not many other sports have to like really go grind for years in just bad situations, making no money just to get to their dream. You know what I mean?
0: can't imagine a 15 hour bus ride. That would just not, the thought of it is making me nauseous. I have to be honest with you.
1: I think the AAA like- flights are even worse than the bus trips. Cause those ones are like, you'll play like a night game in El Paso. And in the PCL, every game's 15 to 14. So it's a four and a half hour game. And so you're done with the game at 1130. So you have to fly out the next day. You're playing that day, so you're flying out the next day, and you have to get whatever the first available flight is. So most of the flights are like 30, 6 a.m. Not only that, like you're required by the team to get there like two and a half hours before the flight, regardless of how long security is. So we're talking about getting done with the game at 11.30 and being at the airport at like 3.30. And that's like every, like you're, you're doing that twice a week. And
0: playing
1: hey, I don't that know. next playing that day.
0: That is amazing. That's just horrible. Um, I don't know if I – maybe I've asked you this, but how you got your call up to the show?
1: Oh, yes. Good story. Good story. So, Triple AAA, uh, Sacramento, played the worst game of my life. Uh, Pat Murphy was my manager. He had already known – he knew going into the game that I was going to the big leagues, but they needed me to catch that game. And I'm like, 0 for four, four strikeouts, I think like eight guys stole on me, I had three throwing errors. Like it was like, you couldn't play worse. And each time something bad happened, I'd walk by Murph, and he'd be like, that's just not going to work tomorrow. Eh, better get better by tomorrow. And I'm like, what is what do you keep saying? But then I'll never forget this. this is one of the coolest parts. So game ends, I'm demoralized. And I'm sitting in my locker, and he comes up to me and goes, Hey, even the worst days can turn out to be some of the best ones. And I was like, whatever bro like today sucks what are we what's gonna happen then get on the bus we're about to bus from sacramento to fresno and murph high like basically convinces one of the security guards at the field to come up onto the bus this guy gets onto the bus i'm just sitting there and he's like "Is austin hedges on this bus i'm like yeah he's like sir we got uh some phone calls about uh you uh you know getting into some trouble last night at the bars um People were saying some things. I was like, whoa, 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 what? Like, no, like I didn't even go out last night. I look at my roommate. I'm like, I'm like, bro, tell him, tell him. I I, I didn't go out last night. And he's like, nah, sir, I'm gonna need you to come up here with me. And I'm like, "What?" The? so I like walk up to the front of the bus. Murph is basically waiting like off the bus, just dying laughing. And I'm like, what is so funny? He's like, yeah, you're going to the big leagues, bro. And I was like, wait, what? It was like the most roller coaster. Of, I, I was like, dude, am I about to get into trouble? And then, yeah, then then got the call, called my parents, just bawling, so happy. And yeah, it was a good one. I'll never, I'll, I'll never forget that Murph. Uh, but Murph does a great job with that. Anybody that he ever called up, he always like did something like that because like, you know, you want to have a good story. It's, it's such a big moment. I mean, shit, it was one of the biggest moments of my life. Like that moment of every, it's every kid's dream to be a big leaguer, not to, be an all-star an MVP or even a world series champion. It's like when you're six years old, it's like, I want to be a big leader one day. So like, that's really all the goal is. And so when you get that call and you know, you're going to do it, it's like, that's the best phone call you're ever going to get or best, you know, message you'll ever get.
0: That is a great way to finish today's episode. Maybe you can snag me one of them guardian hats with the, uh, the, the, Yeah, wheelchair. we got the red ones now. I know. I like them. I dig them. Yeah, I'm we, in. Yeah. I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. Um, awesome story just stay healthy during the uh, during spring training maybe I'll catch you up in Oakland we'll see certainly at some point out here on the west coast yeah and you got to come out to cleveland again. too
1: you got to come back you got to come back home
0: well yeah brown's preseason i'll be there okay that's fair play yeah, i mean yeah i got to got to send another kid to college in in august don't make this is the last one it's going to be tough you're going to have to help me okay i got you this will be my therapy session for like. A <laughs> okay. We'll book it. That's we'll fair. Book Next it. time I'll 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 just ask you all the questions you want to hear. Yeah. Well, believe me, you'd be, you'd be better at it than I would. That's we. You know what? That no should shot. be one uh one episode this year for each guy that comes on. You ask the questions. We can have uh, producer Rob send you a bunch of stuff to ask, and that's how we get the discussion going. What do you think? That sounds amazing. I would
1: love nothing more than to deep dive research
0: on how to embarrass you. Oh, there's plenty. I know. Me. I know. I know. I tried to keep it. So I mean, I got dirty. all
1: I picture is frosted tips on best damn sports show. So,
0: well, now I'm barely hanging on for dear life. I mean, holy smokes! <laughs> I look like an aging major leaguer with that. You look great. Hi. Right, stop. Tell all the guys I say hi. Tell voter he's doing a hell of a job. Uh, and that's that. Okay. Well. Awesome. For our amazing producer, Robbie Shirak, who's already working on questions to stump me at some point, and world champion, Austin Hedges. I am Chris Rose. We will see you next time here on the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media.